What is going on, guys? This is Gene Jensen. Finally, we're able to sit down and do a Friday Night Live. And my intro is not working. Goodness gracious, that was funny. All right, welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Let me get up here to the comments. Let's get things rocking and rolling. Man, oh man, I've got, it's been a busy, busy holiday, and I am so glad to be back doing this. Does it say live in 26 minutes? That's weird. Huh. Facebook must be all jacked up. What is up? What is up? Let me get on there and go check Facebook real quick, make sure everything's squared away with it. It just take me a split second. Let's go here say that but everything works slow while i'm streaming let's see yep we're good all right good 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 all right welcome all right let's see what's going on what's backwoods bass brothers how you doing brock Howell? what's going on dave ayers welcome we did make it to 2021 and haven't lost our mind and we can still go fishing so i'm happy Happy. What's up, Drew and Heath Anderson? How you doing? Man, oh man. Rick Lewis from Facebook. Oh, goodness. So as everybody's jumping on, let me tell you, I don't know how this is going to go. I'm so brain dead right now. It's not even funny. For the last four days, <coughs> I've been sitting in my barn with a heater on, organizing tackle, getting tackle clean, getting, I've got a trip to Florida that's going to be about a four-week trip. And I'm camping the whole time. So I got to make sure all my gear and everything's ready to go. Everything's packed and I don't want to take too much, but I don't want to leave anything behind. So I've just been going nuts, changing line out on rods and getting tackle cleaned up and organized. And I'm not even close to being done. I've been doing it for four days. So I'm brain dead. Um, but we're definitely going to talk fishing. I haven't been on the water in about a probably about a month and a half. Uh, just been doing family stuff and Christmas stuff and New Year's stuff. and uh, But yeah, my wife did a um, put together a live nativity at church and it was awesome. So I'm proud of her for that. And that's one of the Fridays that I, I missed, but it was well worth it. So goodness, Larry McBride's on Bull Shoals. Well, that's pretty awesome. Uh, let's see. Somebody asked, where am I from? I'm, I'm from Rome, Georgia. That's where I'm from. So, um, all right, let's see what else is going on. Oh, the giveaway. So, and I'd forgotten to pick a winner. I'll do that next week for last month because I was supposed to do it in December. So we'll pick them next week. We'll pick a winner for uh, December and, uh, and go with that. I just, I feel bad about missing that one, but the guy from November never got back with me. So I'm going to double check with him and we may make two drawings next week. But what the giveaway is, it's called Stuck on Fluke. You go to my website, flukemaster.com. Let me pop that up there so you guys can see it. Um, go to flukemaster.com and order a sticker. They're, they're five bucks. And when you get that sticker, stick it on something. Go, to, go on Instagram or, or create an Instagram account. Uh, take that picture, put it on there, and, uh, and use the hashtag Stuck on Fluke and tag me in it. And that's how I find you. And that's how I, and every, the end of every month, I pick a winner at random. And, and uh, that winner wins a $50 gift card to Tackle Warehouse and a $50 gift card to my website. And then in May, probably, I keep saying May, so it's probably going to have to be May. I'm going to draw from those winners. Uh, one of you guys are going to get to, basically, I'm going to come knock on your door and we're going to go fishing. So I'm going to come pick you up. We'll go to your local lake, maybe one or two days. I haven't decided yet. And uh, we will, uh, we'll go, we'll go catch some fish. So it should be a lot of fun. So that's the stuck on flute giveaway. Pretty simple and easy. And for those of you who are like me and can't spell, it's stuck on flute with a hashtag. <laughs> oh goodness. My dad, I got his genetics. Ain't man, that man couldn't spell worth the crap. And so I got his too and I can't spell. But anyway, welcome everybody. It's awesome. I miss doing this. It's been a lot of fun uh, doing this over the years. I am a, a pretty sure and, that I am the longest running 
YouTube live or fishing YouTube live event. And so it's pretty cool. I think I'm in my third year now or fourth year. Been doing it since they allowed lives. So it's pretty cool. All right. Um, we'll start off with some questions. Caden, you actually have a really good one. Caden D Outdoors says, what lures do you throw on a six-speed reel and what do you throw on a seven-speed? Which one is more versatile? Seven is more versatile. Um, six-speed reel, I usually throw uh, baits that I want to be forced to fish slower. Sometimes I throw a chatterbait on it. Most of the time, it's deeper diving crankbaits, uh, crankbaits that dive from 12 to anywhere deeper. I'll throw a six, uh, mainly because it doesn't wear you out during the day. And it's also just easier to crank, and you can keep it really, really slow, which is what you have to do a lot of times. Um, and then an Alabama rig, I'll throw on a six-speed reel. Now, on a seven-speed, I will throw just about anything. I mean, seven speed is so versatile. 13 Fishing's new reels are like a seven, five to one or seven, eight to one, a little faster than their seven, three to ones. Uh, I don't think it makes much of a difference, but it's pretty cool that they're able to make them a little bit faster. But I will throw Texas rigs and just about anything. See, when I started fishing, bass fishing seriously, the highest speed reel you could get was a six, eight to one. And I used to burn lipless crankbaits as fast as I could reel with a six eight to one to catch fish. When a seven came out, then I would I it still would fish pretty fast and still catch them. But anyway, so just about anything on a seven. And an eight is just for me, it's one of those reels where if I'm pitching and flipping and need to get the bait back to me fast to make another cast as I'm moving along, or or I see an opportunity to get into a little bitty window and I want to get it back to me and, and pitch in. That's why I use an eight one to one or eight three to one or whatever they are now, um, just to get it back faster and make more cast during the day. So, your boy Reese says I caught my PB on an Abu Garcia Black or Abu Garcia Black Max. I caught a four pound four ounce bass. I was like a little girl getting an American Girl doll. <laughs> I want to know why you know what an American Girl doll is. Uh, I was jumping up and down next to my stepdad. That's awesome. That is awesome, man. Sweet. I remember my first fish over five pounds. Man, it was on Charlie Elliott uh, Wildlife Center. It's a public fishing area. So, yeah, I remember that one. That was fun. Goodness gracious. Michael Moon, what's up, man? Thanks for the five bucks, he says. Uh, for fishing a five and six inch bull shad on a ducket extra heavy ghost with a six one loose super duty, what line should we use? Dad's question, by the way. Tell your dad, say hi. Tell your dad hi. I have his keys to his motorhome or his, to his RV in my pocket. <laughs> I keep, I just haven't gotten over there. But anyway, uh, let's see. A five to six inch bull shad, I'm throwing on a jig rod. A uh, I know Buca um, made the weight of that one to work really good with a 7374 heavy, not an extra heavy, but a heavy, and it'll cast a little bit better. 20 to 25 five pound fluorocarbon is the reel that I would use, or the, the line I would use, mainly because if it ever gets a backlash, if you're using braid, that braid is likely to snap just from the shock. But that fluorocarbon gives you plenty of stretch. You can go to mono if you want, old man, but uh, I'd go with, with fluorocarbon. So, oh. Ed Wolf says, I bought a sticker, put it on my kayak, and have yet to take the picture. <laughs> it can be anything, Ed. It ain't got to be pretty, dude. Oh, that's funny. Uh, does it ever get boring having the best fishing channel on YouTube? <laughs> I wish I felt that way, man. Oh, goodness. I just do what I do. It's actually getting better now that Jordan is editing for me. And uh, hopefully we can keep him editing for at least another year and a half until he graduates high school. So we just bought him a nice big monitor so he can edit on. So that was his Christmas present. Uh, what are good baits for high to mid 40 degree water temps in shallow pond? Um, you can try a jerk bait. Really in a shallow pond? Um, you'd be surprised what you can catch on just like a, a trick worm, like a shaky head trick worm. Um, another thing is if it's got hard bottom, a jig, but I don't most, excuse me, 
most shallow ponds don't have hard bottom, so your jig will sink into the silt and won't even be edible. So, uh, but yeah, something like a real light trick worm, or you can even jerk that around, go lightweight, go, go zero weight, throw it on a spinning rod and use a really, really small worm hook and it'll sink slow and you can jerk it like a jerk bait and you just won't have the treble hooks to get hung in everything. So, man, I haven't done that in years. That's a lot of fun. So, Wayman Coleman, he says, this is, Wayman Coleman is my brother. I love him to death. He is a, he's a firefighter out of, uh, crap, I don't know what city you're in, but uh, Greenwood, South Carolina is the area. I think you, you live in a different city. But uh, Son of a Gun can fish, and we have known each other for 100 years, man. Awesome, awesome. Good seeing you, man. I'm good. COVID is gone. I got a physical and got a hundred percent clearance from the doctor and everything's good. So I am ready to rock and roll this year. Uh, heading down to Florida for three or four weeks uh, in a few weeks and gonna gonna take pictures of some big fish for you. Uh, best jigs for cold water bass in clear ponds. Uh, brown jig. My personal favorite is a, uh, a rubber jig from Greenfish Tackle. It's all it's got is living rubber on it and uh, doesn't have any anything else. You put a you put a trailer on it, a small trailer like a, a Zoom Super Chunk Junior, and you just slowly drag it and let it sit there. And that living rubber will open up. And as the current or anything pushes it, it does this. And you drag it a little bit further. And and I don't know why it works so good. It's got big old huge skirts, but it's it works great. So uh fluke how do you deal with the wind on a on a kayak when fishing in the winter with slow baits like jigs and worms i anchor all the time um i know most of you guys don't have the xi3 which has spot lock on it so i'm not even going to discuss that but it's a i drop anchor i have a 10 8 to a 10 pound anchor on the front i have a little anchor wizard on the side and i anchor down and i make my cast and I work real slow and then I'll pull the anchor up and I'll move. I do that hundreds of times a day and I'm not worried about it. And so, but uh, it really, really does help. How far will fish travel to be in deep water if half the lake is eight feet deep and the other half is 20? Will they travel a mile to move deep? They're usually going to be in the steepest, especially this time of the year, in the steepest area where that deep water is the closest to that shallow water and so that area you'll find some really really you know um crap get some of my but you, you'll find steeper banks and stuff like that and they'll be hanging out along the edges and on the on the outside edge and, and along that bank and you'll be able to catch them so that's the best i can tell you the shortest distance between the deep water and the shallow water And I'm not saying they're going to be there all the time, but I'm saying that is that's usually where I'll look first and usually can find them there. So, oh, Ed Wolfton donated $5. You guys have donated, and there was somebody donated at the beginning before we started, and I appreciate that, too. Y'all are awesome. Absolutely awesome. That's Michael Moon. I saw that, that one. There it is. Going to buy a fish finder for my kayak soon. $300 or less is the budget. What would you recommend? Oh my goodness. I have not looked at them in about a year, but what I always tell people is buy the largest screen that you can afford. And so you want to make sure it has down imaging, which most of them do now and GPS. So you can mark your spots. You can go back to them and stuff like that. Those are the most important tools on a fish finder is, is a good fish finder. And I say down imaging because it helps you identify what you're seeing on the other sonar on the regular one. And it really does break things up. And you can see that it's a brush pile. You can see that there's fish in it and that kind of stuff. You can see that they're rock and you can tell what it is. So that's kind of what I recommend. But yeah, $300 is a pretty good budget. My first fish finders were two, 300. And I think I remember buying a 400 one before I decided I was just going to save a ton of money and you know save and save and save and save until I was able to buy a really good one. So, and my wife still got mad at me for spending that much money. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, when is the earliest I can start bass fishing up in New York? I don't know what New York's, um, seasons are. I would wait if it has a bass season, I'd wait till the beginning of the bass season. Um, and if it doesn't, then probably the earliest is ice out 
really, as soon as you can get a boat on the water, unless you want to try for them under the ice. So let's see. Oh, oh, oh. Best Carolina rig baits for uh, for clear water, Clark's Hill. Um, what did I used to throw all the time on Clark's Hill? A trick worm. My favorite color was um, uh, green pumpkin magic. And I would also throw a green pumpkin Cinco or some type of a stick bait on a Carolina rig. Now that striking has those uh, fries now, it's a copy of the old French fry. That has got to be one of the best Carolina baits there, Carolina rig baits that there has ever been. So try those and you, you should be okay. But those little fries, French fries are really, really good. Um, let's see. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate you. I'm trying to trying to catch up and, and not try not to miss very much either. So I'm going to go backwards just a hair. Um, what's a good multi-technique casting reel I can get to set up my reel game or to step step up my reel game? I'm used to a $90 lose. Now I want to step up. Um, I'm not sure what your budget is. I can give you the recommendations for 13 fishing that I use. Uh, the new concept A A2 is absolutely amazing. And it's not that it's the greatest reel ever made. It's amazing because the, that Matt, the reel designer, made them as bulletproof as he could. Um, they should last you a long time. I uh, want to say they're $165. Don't quote me on that because I don't remember numbers well, but they're somewhere around that. Um, if you don't want to go that high, then they have the inception which is a really good reel it's another bulletproof reel that'll lower it's 120 dollars um and those are the two i would recommend they're really really good at least the ones i use i can't comment on anybody else's any other uh companies because i haven't used them in years but uh but yeah step it up just a little bit and you'll be you'll be surprised how much better um 120 reel is over a 90 dollars reel uh, opinion on Mustad's offset wacky O-rings with the hole in them. I just saw those for the first time last week, and I'm, I don't know, dude. Um, the, what I'm trying new is I ordered some clear um, uh, heat shrink tubing from Amazon, off of Amazon. Two different sizes, one for trick worms and one for Cinco's. And I'm trying those out down in Florida. And I put a hook in that son of a gun, and it I couldn't get it out. It was hard to get it out, which really excites me. So you just barely, barely hook it. So the hook is mostly exposed. And man, it'd be amazing to see how long the worm lasts with it. But as for the wacky O-rings, I don't know, dude. I just think the heat shrinks are a lot cheaper. I got like six feet for just a few bucks, and that'll last me for years. So... Um, Cool Cam says, have you ever been to Dale Hollow Lake on the border of Tennessee and Kentucky? Once I have. I stopped there on the way up north. I fished for two days and caught two smallmouth. It was kind of a, I, it was early in the spring. I was heading up to to uh, fish Lake Erie and, uh, and just kind of had a couple of extra days to stop in. Uh, you make a new Texas rig video on retrieves. I sure can. Watch the one I did this summer, and I'm going to make another. I'm going to make a bunch of remake a bunch of my videos this year just to to update everything and kind of teach what I've learned since I made those videos because it's been 12 years I've been making videos. So, but anyway, for uh, watch the one I did this summer um, about dragging really really slow. I caught a ton of giant bass this year dragging a worm super super slow. And uh, I learned a lot, and I'm going to do more of that as as uh, for this next year, just to see if no matter what lake I'm on, that works. Just painfully, slowly dragging a Texas rig. Um, Comanche official pressured pond in winter tips. I live in the Midwest, where the fish go deep, and I just can't seem to catch them. I have one, a lake just like that right up the road. My 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 local lake where it, this time of the year it beats you up because it's so hard to catch fish and i'm going to do a video probably this next week on what my tackle box is for a lake like that but i'm going to tell you what's in it uh blade baits uh spoons 
tail spins. Um, I don't have any in it, but uh, the other one would be the Damiki rig or some type of a jig head with a little bitty fluke or a little bitty, uh, you know, minnow bait on it. Um, and I think that's all I have in there right now, but those are the ones because you can, so that way you can fish and get things down there quickly and fish vertically ab above them if you're in a kayak or a boat and have a fish finder. That's what I would recommend. Um, I don't know how deep is deep for you, but I, that's that's definitely a good option. If you got hard bottom, you never can beat dragging a brown or a black and blue jig. So, all right, I'm gonna jump ahead now that I've read a few from back in the back in the day. Um, uh, what electronics do you run in your boat? Uh, right now, I'm running Ray Marines. Um, I'm gonna try to pick up some either Lawrence's or Garmin's for my next boat just to try them out. I'd love to try the new live scope. Absolutely, man. Can you imagine putting a live scope on my kayak? That'd be crazy. But yeah, on my boat, I'd love to try it this year. It's just, it just seems like it'd be something cool to learn. But we'll see. We'll see if I can afford one. So, Chris Tobias, thanks for the five bucks, man. I appreciate it, brother. I really do. I wish I could see the stickers. I'm not on YouTube. I'm on an ex external site, so that it doesn't let me see the sticker uh you ever fished shasta lake in northern california i have not um have i tested the autopilot 120 nope tips on fishing oh you already already read that one okay hey fluke uh lake gunnersville is the lowest it has been in ages will the bass still hold to the eelgrass in the shallows or will they go deep i think they'll pull out to the deeper eelgrass or to the I don't know how low it is. I'd love to get out there and see because that's exciting. They just will pull out and be closer to that deep water. I would start looking on channel swings is really start out on the main lake and where you see a creek coming off the main lake, fish the, the steep side of the channel swings. I'd love to see them out there because that means uh, they'll be tight. To, you know, there'll be a lot of them right there in that one little spot. But if not, they'll be in the deepest eelgrass probably. All right. Uh, <laughs> Christopher Tobias says, please tell Christina, my wife, I need a boat. <laughs> you need a kayak, man, or a boat. You need something that floats. That's a lot of fun. Man, I fished for like a dozen years off the bank and loved it. Absolutely loved it. But once I was able to get into something to float, and back then there were no fishing kayaks, I got a 10-foot John boat from my father-in-law with a little trolling motor on the back that I can throw in the back of my truck and go. I learned a ton. So literally get something that floats and be safe and go out there and have a lot of fun with it. Hey, my family ordered a bass boat that should be in by February. Do you have any advice for finding good fishing spots? The located is on our Garmin Ecomaps SBs. <coughs> go watch my videos on how to find fish. Uh my biggest rule is if there's no bait fish, I'm not going to stop and fish. I'm always going to be looking for bait fish and a lot of sign of life. Uh, birds on the bank that eat fish and that kind of stuff is a great sign. Uh, but focus on finding fish and, and don't just use your graph. Use your other stuff. I mean, use your eyeballs. Use what you're seeing on the water and you'll be a lot more successful. Like successful. Do you like St. Croix rods? I have never owned one personally. But all of my buddies over the years that have owned St. Croix have never had any complaints about them. I can tell you that. So uh, really, I, I, um, from what I've read over the years, they've always been a pretty good rod, rod company. So let's see. Can you explain the differences, differences between down imaging and regular sonar? Um. To start off with what they look like on the screen, your regular sonar is the one that has multicolors and you can see the arches of the fish and that kind of stuff. Your, um, your down imaging is going to have um, dual colors that have lights and darks and whatever palette you set up, whatever color, could be brown, green, blue, whatever, but it's going to be you know, a shaded dark to light palette. Now, the... The cone difference, the cone under the under the boat that comes out of the transducer on a regular sonar is a cone. It starts out really small and at about 12 feet, it's about four feet wide. So it's not very big. And it and it and it's, you know, basically 
it's directly under the boat. Down imaging is a wide cone that's flat front to back. So it's an oval shape and it's able to scan a lot more detail with that narrow uh, bandwidth or that narrow wave. It's able to scan a whole lot more detail and you can see brush piles. You can identify rocks. You can separate fish off the bottom. You can, I mean, it's, it's a ton of, it's got, it gives you a ton of information, but I still use the regular sonar to double check and to make sure that I'm seeing what I'm seeing on the other one. And I use them both in tandem. So I hope that helped. Um, good artificial worm to throw on Lake Seminole on a Texas rig. This time of year, let me think. I always Texas rig a Cinco. I, on Seminole, I would literally put a 16th or an 8th ounce weight on a Texas rig and and throw a Cinco on there and just flip it around uh, any of the isolated cover you see. Lily pads, whatever, you know, and, and just around the edges and stuff like that. Let it sink. When it gets hung up on the on the roots of the lily pads, just shake it and pop over and fish it real slow. So... Oh, oh, I just saw a buddy of mine. Oh, well, I lost him. Dadgummit. Let's see. Big Starns Outdoors. What's the best lure to use on Lake Chickamauga in January? Alabama rig. Uh, without a doubt, Alabama rig. So who donated 10 bucks? I can't find the comment. Do you, uh, CMB Fishing. Thanks for the $10, man. He says, do you think that the color on a frog matters or just the color on the belly color on the belly 99 of the time it's because of the color on the belly um and i can't find your comment oh there it is but uh yeah man thanks for the 10 bucks brother i appreciate it but yeah it's definitely the belly i always look at the belly when the live target frog first came out they had four frogs that came out and all of them had white bellies and I looked at the, the guy behind the counter, just so happened to be one, the, the big wig behind the counter. I didn't know who it was at the time. And I said, you you only made one frog. He goes, no, they're like four different colors. I'm like, no, it's one frog. Look at the bottom. All white. They all look the same. And so, uh, yeah, I, I, I've always been a stickler for that. And I, if, if you know me, I don't keep my mouth shut for nothing. I'm always honest about, about things like that. So, um Let's see, John Litcher. Hey, Fluke, have you ever fished Lake uh, Kissimmee in Florida? Spelling issues. No, that's pretty close. K-I-S-S-I-M-M-E-E -S -S -E -E is what it is. But anyway, what lures do you recommend there? I will be fishing Kissimmee in two weeks, um, maybe a few times while during my trip. I'm, I'm going to be real close to it. Um, I like to to flip some type of a, let me give you colors, June bug, black and blue soft, the June bug and black and blue soft plastics, maybe a purple soft plastic, but that's basically what June bug is. Um, a, uh, a paddle tail worm or not a paddle tail, what are they called? A speed worm, a zoom speed worm in any of those colors thrown on a Texas rig, pitched in around cover and swam back to the boat. Um, another good one is the gambler, big easy. You got to get the hooks that go with it. Um, you can get them at Bass Pro down there when you get down there. Uh, in Copperfield color is another one, and that's a search bait. Chatterbait is another one I'll throw. Uh, black and blue or some type of a white and or white and gold. So those are the the, the big ones. But I'll be down there fishing for fishing the uh, KBF tour event that's down there and the 10 Invitational. And so I'm going to be down there pre-fishing. There's 10 lakes that are in the list of lakes we can fish, and uh, Kissimmee will be one of them. So what's my favorite crankbait rod? Oh, the Omen Black from 13 Fishing. Their cranking rods are really, really good. When I first got with 13 about five years ago, maybe six, um, they really didn't have a cranking setup. And so I, I kind of uh, poked at their rod guy a little bit and was a little bit uh, well, I was up front with him. I said, y'all don't have a cranking rod. You need to get it. And he thought he had developed one. It was a little bit stiff and they adjusted it, played around with it. The following year, he had a full lineup of great cranking rods. And I was really proud of him and proud of how it worked. But that Omen, the Omen rods are my favorite. 
<coughs> they're like $140, I think. Really good rods. So, ever fish Lake Russell? Yes, I have. Uh, we used to fish it all the time when we got bored with Clark's Hill back when I was living in Augusta. So, Michael Moon, you give me another five bucks. <laughs> he says, oh my gosh, you can't keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Am I giving out secrets again? Oh, man. Um, let's see. Stephen Guthrie, Fluke, did you forget you hate Cinco's? I'm going to make a video about that. I need to, to let the whole thing out of the bag. Um, but I'll tell you guys kind of. The reason I have such a disdain for Cinco's is one, they're boring. I hate to fish them the, the authentic way. Um, I'd rather put a weight on them. But it goes back to my Bass Resource days. When I was with Bass Resource and I was a moderator for 10 years, they had a moderator on there named Road Warrior. A lot of you guys who've been around a long time will probably remember. He was an asshole. Straight up. If, if you... If you did not use Shimano stuff or you talked bad about Shimano, if you did not use Gary Yamamoto Cinco's, uh, he would, you were publicly enemy number one. He treats you like crap. And that for just for that reason, I refused to use Cinco's. And that's kind of where it stems from. I'm slowly getting back into it. Oh, goodness. But yeah. That's the reason. So maybe I'll, and I'm going to, I'm fishing them a lot this year. And so we're going to see, I kind of have bit the bullet and bought a bunch of them. So, uh, what kayak are you going to this year? I'm staying with Bonafide. I've already picked mine up. It's a red one. Um, and I'm going to be traveling with, with that one and, and filming out of it and that kind of stuff. So love it. Absolutely love it. I just finished rigging up my black pack, changing a few things around. I'm that's what some of the things I'm working on, just kind of getting the details together before I start rocking and rolling with some serious fishing. So, uh, Oh, Valley grown. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's see. Hey fluke. I need a good rod for crankbaits that can be used in the salt. Any suggestions? Um, any medium, heavy, moderate would work. Uh, you're, you really don't have to worry too much with your rods with salt water, mainly your reels. Make sure you rinse them off with clean with a uh, fresh water at the, you know, when you're done every day, get them good and clean uh, and just keep them, keep them free of having salt sit on them for too long. That's the biggest thing. So rods themselves, I like a super long one when I'm throwing for like redfish and trout and that kind of stuff. So I like a seven foot three, seven foot four, uh, medium, heavy. So I watched Edwin Evis talk about using Google Earth to do map study of lakes. Do you do anything like this? Yes, I do big time. I've talked about it in several videos over the years, how I use Google Earth and, I, and I'll, I'll change the dates of the maps and look and see what the water depths were. And you know, what, maybe there's a picture of the lake low and you can see stuff that's underwater. It's just a lot of. I do a lot of research online before I even go to a lake, um, except for Florida, but that's a whole different ballgame. I'm going to make a bunch of videos about that when I get down there. But uh, yeah, I totally agree with him. Um, he, we, him and I sat down and talked at the classic uh, at the expo last year, and hopefully we can get to get together and do some stuff. COVID hit and never, you know, and that changed the world, but, but yeah, definitely Google earth would be, uh, would is a huge, um, tool when you're pre-fishing. All right, let me catch back up. Uh, motorcycle is life, man. Thanks for the two bucks. He says, how do you fish a lake with tons of trees for winter? Um, any lake, no matter what the season that has a bunch of trees, let me tell you what, how I, I, I try to forget about the trees and fish exactly the the kind of structure or bottom changes that I would fish any other time of the year in a lake that had no trees. So, for instance, this time of the year I'm looking for 45 degree banks. I'm looking for steeper banks and rock and hard bottom and that kind of stuff. And I find that, and then the trees become the cover on a key piece of structure. And so, once I find that key piece of structure, I'm gonna start flipping the trees. 
and all the cover and everything else that's around there. Then I'm going to go find the other another key piece of structure and I'm going to do the same thing. Don't let the trees be the first thing you look at. Let the bottom be the first thing you look at. So do I need to? Uh, let's see. What would you do different if you were fishing from a pontoon rather than your regular bass boat? Hmm. I have fished. There's a guide that I, I fish with all the time that guides out of pontoon boats, or I used to fish with all the time. He gets on here every once in a while. Um, but literally the, the only limitation that you have with a pontoon boat is you can't go as shallow as you could with a bass boat or with an aluminum boat. So that's the biggest thing. And, uh, and so really I would put a troll motor on the front and you're not as maneuverable. And so you really got to make sure you don't go, you don't run aground. Uh, other than that, I would fish it exactly the same. It all depends on the size of your, 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 uh, your pontoon boat as well as how maneuverable it is. But, uh, but don't just think of it as another boat. Just know how deep you or how shallow you can go and, uh, and, you know, rig up a fish finder on the front of that trolling motor and have fun with it. So we just donated five bucks. Ah, CMB fishing, man. Thanks for the $5, man. You donating like crazy tonight. You're awesome. I appreciate you. He says, do you think the Asian carp in Chick are going to get as bad as it, as it is in the Kentucky Lake? Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it will. Um, you know, Gunnersville's got them. Uh, Chick doesn't have very many of them, but it's not not going to be long until it's an issue. It's just going to be a problem that we're going to have to deal with. The bass are still going to be there. They're just going to locate different. They're going to move around until they get used to the carp. Uh, and then we're going to have to figure out a way of, of, of reducing those numbers of carp, make them a, a money thing, you know, that where we bring in, uh, commercial fishermen to, to do them. And I know they've done that in Kentucky Lake and they're going to try to do it all along the river. So we'll see what happens. It's just one of those things we're going to have to deal with. Let's see. Is Alex Rudd back to doing a podcast? I need to call him. Uh, we need to figure that out. I don't mind going back to eight o'clock. Definitely. Uh, my wife probably would because it's our date night. But uh, but yeah, def I'll have to talk to him, figure out what he's doing and how he's doing so we can kind of communicate and, and, and figure out uh, what's the best for both of us. And I know why he's doing this because school's in and that's, you know, nine o'clock on Friday is what the only time he can do it. So. Um, all right. This is annoying. Oh, Mr. Tree, thanks for the $4, man. I appreciate you. That's awesome. Um, hey, Fluke, what's your favorite jerk bait? I've never had that much luck with jerk baits and tips. The only time I ever have luck with them is in the pre-spawn when that water temperature starts to rise. I have probably every type and model of jerk bait available. My favorite ones or whatever the bass wants. I literally will go through 10 or 15 jerk baits until I find one they'll hit. And I like clear ones. And so I fish the Strike King ones. I fish the Spro mixed sticks. Uh, the expensive ones that are $25, I can never remember the name of. Um, I've got Rapalas. I mean, you just name it. I've got three boxes of jerk baits. It's probably the least used bait that I, or lure that I have, and I have three stinking boxes of them. 13 Fishing's got new ones that I haven't really put to the test yet, but those are the ones I'm going to throw the most this spring, and we'll just see how things go. But a suspending... The suspended, suspending jerk bait is what I'm looking for this time of the year. Uh, <laughs> uh, Damon, you're just going to have to, uh, you, I don't know what you're going to throw tomorrow, man. I've never fished that lake. Uh, he's up north, uh, up in one of the lakes up on the north end of uh, Georgia. So goodness gracious. Any tips on how to keep your line and rod eyelets from freezing? A lot of guys spray like WD-40 on theirs or Real Magic is a really good one because it's kind of greasy. It'll slow it down. Dude, it's just one of those things. When they freeze up, you just put it in the water and shake it around and then start fishing again. And then put it in the water and shake it around and start fishing again. It's just, it, it's going to freeze up. Don't use micro guides if you can get away with it because they'll freeze up instantly. But other than that, it's tough. I haven't had them freeze up in a long time though, but uh, I'm sure it's coming. 
Um, Andres Martinez, he says, hey, Fluke. Oops, it just jumped away. Hold on. I'll find it. There you go. Hey, Fluke, looking into getting my first boat, uh, likely getting aluminum. What are things to look out for and upgrades I need to get? Budget is $4,000. Your biggest thing is going to be motor and leaks. Um, you know, look and make sure that the bottom's not beat to death. And then have the motor checked out by a mechanic before you purchase it. And if the guy won't let you take the motor or take the boat to go get it checked out uh, by a mechanic, don't buy the boat. Um, what else? Upgrades. I'm not sure. It all depends on the boat. Uh, my first upgrade is always going to be a, a, a better trolling motor, uh, a higher power trolling motor because most John boats or most uh, aluminum boats, the companies used to, and I know Lumacraft used to do this too, would put like a 45 pound thrust trolling motor on an 18 foot boat. And it just was not powerful enough. So I always would upgrade my, my trolling motor. Other than that, man, it just all depends on the boat. So Landon Duel, hey Fluke, what's your favorite fishing brand? I'll tell you, I, I, what I use the most is Zoom. I really do use a lot of Zoom stuff, uh, and, and it's by default. They're right here in Georgia. Tackle shops around here carry walls and walls of them, and it's just easy to find something that's that'll work. And I'm really simple with my colors as well. So, uh, Andy Leonard, if you're going to Felsmere, would you take a boat or a kayak or both? Uh, a kayak, because I, I love fishing that lake out of a kayak. I'll be there on the 23rd fish and fell smear. There's a little bass boat versus kayak tournament that's going on, a little benefit tournament that I'm, I decided I'm going to fish. So anyway, Roger Bowman, man, thanks for the 20 bucks. He says, is if there are no shad in a lake, should a fisherman still use a shad looking lure? Yeah, that's fine. Really? You, you don't, it's not so much like fly fishing where you match the hatch. Um, Shad lures look like other minnows that are in there too. So yeah, you could definitely get away with using shad lures, man. Thanks for the 20 bucks, dude. I really appreciate it. Uh, Mr. Tree for $3, man. Thanks, man. He says it's PB and J good color uh, for worms and jigs. If you've got confidence in it, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in peanut butter jelly. I have caught a lot of fish or some fish on them. I have more confidence in straight Brown in the, in the winter time, but I know a lot of guys that, swear by pb and j i was talking to one of them last night matter of fact so it's not a bad wintertime color for sure j crawl man you guys are awesome you guys that are donating i really do appreciate it i don't know if i can uh can stress that enough that's just really really cool of y'all says awesome content again thanks gene what's your coldest water temp top water bite you have had 53 degrees but it was on a warm-up it was in the spring and the water had warmed up way back in the back in some protected water. I've got a video in one of my old, old videos on it. And I was catching them on a frog. I was on a spro frog and it was 53 or 54. I can't remember. I, I mentioned it in the video, but it was really cold, but it was the warmest water in the lake. And the, like I said, the water was on its way up for the springtime. So man, thanks for the five bucks. He says, all right, Hey, Josh Edmond, are crankbaits good to use this time of the year? Yes. Uh, I'd like to get better at cranking in my kayak. Any tips related to the retrieve? Very slow and make sure you're hitting the bottom is the biggest thing. Even with lipless crankbaits, when this time of the year, I love to use lipless crankbaits, but it's, it's risky because I literally am making sure I feel the bottom as I'm retrieving it. And if I can't feel the bottom, I actually stop and I start dragging it like a Carolina rig. And, and I just make sure I'm feeling the bottom. But a lift crankbait, like a deep diver and stuff like that, if you can find a small body deep diver and drag it on the bottom, you're better off because that's where the bass are going to be in the really cold water. They'll be right close to or on the bottom. Whew, got to catch my breath. And I forgot my water. Daggummit. Uh, hey, Fluke, I own a bona fide SS107. Do you recommend a rudder kit for a kayak? what <clears throat> until i need water uh for a, do you recommend a, a a rudder kit for a kayak what are the benefits for a 107 yes i recommend a rudder kit for a 127 yes i recommend a rudder kit 
mainly because that flat back end, when you have a tailwind, will cause your boat to whip around. And if you don't have the, uh, oh, what are they called? Holy cow. Um, they have a little thing that attaches underneath the boat. Um, flex wings. If you don't have the flex wings, then get a rudder. And that rudder will help you keep help the wind from beating you up. Plus, any kayak, when you're in, in a, a side wind, it will want to spin on you or turn on you, usually the wrong direction. And that rudder will help you stay straight. So definitely, when I have my uh, XI3 on the front of my kayak, I always have a rudder hooked up in the back. Hey, Flute, do you use different line on a boat than a kayak? Uh, yak moving, kayak moving, et cetera. What he's talking about is when you're in a kayak and set the hook, your kayak actually goes towards the fish and that reduces the power of your hook set. So what I typically do is I don't like to change line too much because it gets expensive, but I'll change rods. If I'm fishing like a jig or a Texas rig or something like that, and I'm fishing in a boat, I don't mind throwing a medium or a medium heavy um, unless it's, you know, and so when I go in a kayak, I think, okay, I'm in a kayak. I'm still, if I'm throwing the same baits, I'm going to take that reel off and I'm going to put it on a rod that's heavier or a little stiffer. And it helps to be, helps to stop that. I'm always fishing fluorocarbon or braid, which don't have a whole lot of stretch. And that usually helps a lot, but I usually would, before I change line, I'm going to change rods and it's just because it's cheaper. Um, if you have extra rods, if you don't just bump, just reach over and grab your next rod up. That's already got line on it and tie that bait on there. You just have to be careful. It's one of those things. It's it, it, it can make a difference. Definitely. Now, one thing I would recommend is the new G finesse hooks from Gamagatsu. And I'm not sponsored by Gamagatsu. I'm friends with all the guys over there. Uh, but those G finesse hooks are a stiffer, uh, wired hook. And but they're thinner wired. So their flipping hook is a thinner wired hook than you would get from, you know, any other brand of flipping hook. And those are great for kayak fishing because they are thinner and easier to get the hook set in. Uh, and I use those almost 100 percent of the time when I'm fishing out of a kayak. Man, CMB fishing dropping dimes tonight. Golly, our dollars, really. Thanks for the five bucks, brother. See, I think you need to do a video. Uh, with Mikey Balls versus Alex Rudd versus Vasquez. That would be a blast. Uh, I, I talked to Mikey or I texted Mikey four or five days ago, six days ago, and he's going to be down in Florida the same time I am, and we're going to try to get together. He's got work to do. So when he gets done with the work, if I don't have anything uh, scheduled, we're going to get together at least for a few hours and uh, do some collabing. So I haven't fished with him yet. That'd be a blast. But, dude, having a fun little video between us would be would be fun. Absolutely. Um, do you like favorite rods? The rods themselves, um, I know who designs them and I know, well, I know who puts them together. They don't design their own blanks and stuff and they don't do that kind of, the kind of deep design like 13 does. They, they pick from a catalog and everything else. Um, or they, you know, pick blanks from a catalog. They pick this from a catalog and they throw it all together and make a rod. Um, I have several of the kids that are on my high school, uh, fishing team, uh, or one of them in, in particular has broken every fishing rod, every favorite rod he's had. So from my experience or from the experience that I've seen other people have, they're not, uh, as good a quality as you would think. So. Uh, da, da, da. Brett Coleman will have an SS-127, but I'm only five foot five, so I can't reach the pedals or foot pegs. Do you know anybody that makes extensions for them? Um, I don't. I'm five foot ten, and I can't reach the pedals. And so what I do is it's got those little kickbacks on the side. If I really need to reach the pedals, that's where I'm at. But steering-wise, um, I just lean back and I steer that way because... With a rudder, I don't really steer much. I just set it and forget it, and then I move it if I need to. But for steering, I'm usually not fishing. I'm usually going somewhere. And so I lean back a little bit, and I push. But, man, short legs would be tough with that thing. I'm sure they do. Um, I'll have to check and see. I haven't really looked into it. So, 
Uh, I appreciate some of you guys helping me answer questions. Man, oxidized fishing and uh, SNS Outdoors, I think, is is who's helping. I really appreciate it. Because, yeah, it's hard to keep up. You guys ask the snot out of questions. Any any tips for small pond bass fishing 40-degree water temperature? Slow. Um, get you a little jerk bait, throw it around. A little worm, a little trick worm, something like that on a little Texas rig or a shaky hit. Uh, Ryan caught a 14-and-a-half-pound bass out of a pond. It was a, it was a neighborhood pond when he was 11 or 12 years old off of a shaky head trick worm. And so every time somebody asks about cold weather and pond fishing, I think about that big giant fish, man. It was nuts how huge that fish was. 14 Napa in Georgia, in the middle of Atlanta. Uh, where's that one? Green Dave, Green Dave 41. Winter fishing, Winter finesse fishing, drop shot, Demiki, small swim bait, braid to eight pound fluoro. Yep, I agree with that. Long fluoro leader or full spool, eight pound fluoro. No, braid. You're doing so much dropping and so much reeling, you'll get so much twist in that line, and that braid can absorb that twist, and the, and 100% and fluorocarbon on your reel can't. And so every time you retrieve it, it's going to twist the same way, especially a drop shot. And so I, I always go braid, and it and braid will drop faster as well. Jake uh, Garvin got my first kayak for Christmas and started a Facebook group for kayak fishing in my area. Any tips for the kayak or the group for the kayak? Um, hmm. I don't know what kind of tips you're looking for. The biggest one I tell everybody, especially if you're new to kayak fishing, do not get in that boat without your life jacket on and do not take it off until you get out of the boat um it's so important when you fall out of your kayak nine times out of ten it's going to go somewhere else it's going to go away from you and you've got to get to it and it's not so much oh i'll get knocked out or anything else you just got to get to it if there's any current it's going to take you a while if you can't swim very well you're in trouble and i can't swim very well so i always wear mine but seriously get a good comfortable life jacket you can wear all day long and you'll be fine i use the NRS Chinook. It's like $100, $110, not cheap, but it will save my life if I ever fall in the water. And if I ever get knocked out, it will roll me over and hold my head up out of the water so I don't drown. So definitely important. So, and don't film or take pictures with you without a life jacket on your kayak. Oh man, that's a big no-no. People will rip you from left to right, especially me. They'll let me have it. Um, Another one from Michael Moon. Thanks for the five bucks, Mike. He says, from dad, uh, we may have to use the 20-pound bullbuster mono that we have that some you Yahoo on YouTube recommended. That's good stuff, man. Man, that's right. You guys have been watching me for a long, long time. Oh, goodness. He's still, he's still doing line down in Florida as well. Man. Uh, Tidewater Tony, how do I know when to change my jerk bait size to increase bait size? Um, you know what? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I try everything until I get bit, and I try. I don't even start small. I usually start big and work my way down. Oh, I don't know. David Carlson, uh, in the Omen Black Rod, what length do you use for the cranking rod? Omen black rod, what length to use for cranking rod? Okay, so there's six foot, their shortest one, and I can't remember, six foot ten, I think, is their medium moderate. So it's that's jerk baits, uh, small square bills, small crank baits. Their next one up is your medium depth crank baits that are a little bit heavier, uh, have a little bit more uh, drag in the water. So your medium divers. And then that, that long one is a medium heavy moderate and it's for the deeper diving crankbaits. So anytime you see uh, most companies cranking setups, it's going to be three or four. And that's kind of how it goes. Your shortest one's going to be your medium mount moderate and it's going to work all the way up to medium heavy. Uh, what's my favorite paddle? Oh my goodness. Y'all are going to kill me. Bending branches. Uh, 
carbon fiber pro it's like a 550 540 paddle i love that thing it is super lightweight you don't even know it's in your hand and you can paddle all day long in it but it ain't for everybody my backup paddle is the angler ace from bending branches so either one of those are really good paddles the biggest thing is i don't want one that flexes i want a good stiff lightweight raw uh, paddle and i want one that all of my power that i put into it transfers to pushing me forward and not bending the daggum thing and i want one that's durable and gonna last for a long time so michael you're gonna go broke donating five bucks bro <laughs> this is worth it wear a life jacket also just having it in the kayak with you isn't enough you don't know when something is going to happen you definitely don't definitely don't i have fallen out of my kayak once actually i didn't fall out i purposely threw myself in the water so my so the stuff i had on top of my kayak wouldn't fall in the water as i was rolling over or as as i was falling out so what happened was i had a radio that i was messing around with and i dropped it in the water and it bobbed up bob went down and bobbed back up and i reached over to grab it and as i reached over it started to sink again and i just kept reaching and my left shoulder got over top of the gunnel and i started to go in so i just threw myself in to keep my kayak from from tipping so much that it stuff fell out so one thing to do when you do get a new kayak is when the water warms up take everything out of it practice getting out of your kayak and getting back into it the biggest thing is getting back into it without flipping it because that's usually when kayak anglers flip their kayak is when they're trying to climb back up into it and there's a technique to it Chad Hoover made a real good video. I filmed it on how to get, uh, it's called open water. Um, what's it called? I can't, anyway, get back in the kayak and open water. I can't remember what he called it. So Stefan, what's up, brother? He says, uh, thanks for five bucks, man. Can you explain to the masses how cold water changes the rising or falling of a jerk baits and the way to counteract those actions? Great, great question. And it's been so long since I've thought about that. I hope I get it right. So as the water temperature increases, if you throw a, a jerkbait in 35 degree water and you pull that same jerkbait out a month later and throw it in 45 degree water, if it, well, if you throw it in 35 degree water and it, and it suspends and it doesn't move, it doesn't come float up and it doesn't sink down. When you get to 45, it'll start to float up. And so as the water temperature warms, your baits will float more and you have to adjust for that. And ways to adjust or to adjust it is pull out a split ring and I keep a, a little bit, a few split rings in my tack, in my terminal tackle, pull it out and put it on the front hook and it will help that thing sink down. If that's not enough, <coughs> you can change out and put bigger hooks on there that are a little bit heavier they uh, suspend dots. These are the little lead dots that you can use. And my old jerkbait rod uh, video explains a lot of this, but there's different things that you can do, but always try to add it to the front half of your jerkbait. So you keep that nose down when it suspends and you want a suspending jerkbait or you want one that sinks super, super slow is what you're looking for when the water's really cold. So let's see. Let's see. I, I keep seeing Michael Moon's comments and I know <laughs> I'm not even going to click on them. Sorry, brother. Uh, best non-expensive jig. I need a whole box for now till spring and I'm in the mood for saving money after starting to save up for an old town. Man, my favorite jigs and they're my favorite for a few reasons. One of them, I know the owner. I've known him since before he started his company called Greenfish Tackle. Uh, John Hare. I, I, he, he used to tie jigs and used to run, uh, um, holy cow, um, Buckeye lures. And he started his own company and it's just, those are really good hand-tied jigs. They're tied by guys who are some of the best jig anglers that I know. Um, guys that have won bass opens and they're pros and they tie jigs every day and spinner baits and things like that. So greenfish tackle jigs, uh, the 
the head paint is, and I'm, I've got him sending me a bunch of them here in the next couple of months because I've totally run out, but the head paint never chips off. It, it wears off on rock, but you don't ever get a bunch of paint chipping off. It lasts forever. Just really good jigs from some really good dudes. And it's just a small little tackle company. So green fish tackle, they're out of Augusta. But yeah, I've known them for a lot longer than they've been in that. They've had that company. So I'm really, really loyal to them just because they're my friends. So, and I know they do good, good work and they make great jigs. Uh, waders and kayaks do not mix. Uh, you're, you're pretty, you're absolutely right. And I, I say they become an anchor and they, they don't make you sink. What happens is it makes it very, very difficult, if not impossible to get back up into your kayak when your when your waders fill up with water and then you sink. Um, I have a pair of waders that I use. They're NRS waders, but they are designed for kayak fishing. They have a really, really tight, tight waistband on both the waders and the jacket that goes over top or the parka. And if I fall in the water, they're not going to fill up with water, but that is an exception. You're hundred percent right. Cheap Walmart waders and Trout fishing waders are not good for kayak fishing. So, uh, let's see. <laughs> Driftless Adventures. Any advice on fishing the Upper Mississippi River? I have four Louisiana or four lacrosse tournaments on my schedule for this year. I love to go fish lacrosse in the fall or in the summer and fall when the frog bites on. Uh, there's a lot better guys out there to explain, to, to help you with that. But the biggest thing is, is frogs and current. You want to get into those current breaks. You can, and not just frogs, but crankbaits and stuff like that. But you really want to find the current breaks and the, the pinch points where the, where the water's running through those real narrow areas and stuff. And you'll find bass. Uh, go watch that major league fishing championship where Edwin Evers just blasted them. And that was in the cross and it kind of gives you the idea of the kind of areas you're looking for that concentrate fish and you can really have a blast down there doing that. So, and look for the bait. Always look for the bait. Joe Nee, what's up, man? He said, what's up, Luke? Been killing it on a rig lately. Had my first double double today. Yay. That's awesome, man. I saw that giant one that Caleb caught. Golly, that thing was huge. I didn't see how much it weighed, though. But, uh, yeah, man, I, I want to get up there. I'm just so busy trying to get everything down, and I'm heading to Florida for a few weeks. So, But once I get home, I should be able to – I want to get up to Chick so bad. Uh, just so many things pull me away from going up there. Um, what's my craziest fishing story? I don't know. Huh. I have to think about that. I don't know. I may have that that answer next week because I really, off the top of my head, I don't think, I don't know. So, here's a good one. Uh, seen you wearing a hand brace, have arthritis, spinning, or bait caster. I have tendonitis is what I have here and here. And the way I get rid of it is I change my diet. And so, when I'm on my keto diet, which I'm on right now, I don't have any pain in my arms. I don't have any pain in my elbows and my knees and there's no, uh, um, there's no inflammation. So as long as I stay on that diet, stay away from sugar and away from carbs, um, I'm, I'm good. And it literally, I can four days from the time I start that diet in, you know, in four days, my pain is gone and I'm able to fish again. So it's exactly what it is. It's just inflammation. And I wear that brace just to keep me from rolling my wrist over. So All right. Let's see. Before we end, I'm going to ask and answer a couple more questions. But before we end, be sure to remember the giveaway. Go to my website, buy a sticker. Uh, it's five dollars. When you get it, stick it on something, boat, kayak, truck. I don't care. Take a picture of it. Put it on Instagram. Use the hashtag stuck on fluke in the description and also tag me in it. And I will at the end of every month, I will choose a winner and I will probably choose two winners. Yes, I will choose two winners next week or the not the end of this month, not next week. I'll choose two winners at uh, the end of this month because I did not choose one in December. Um, and uh, and you'll win a $50 gift card to Tech Warehouse and a $50 gift card to my website. 
and be put in for a drawing to win a one to two day fishing trip with me where I come to your house and take you fishing. So fun. All right. Couple more questions. <clears throat> what does a my bait caster? Why does my bait caster always seem to act funny with strand twelve pound line? It has had problems with other reels, so I think it is the line, but I am not sure. I have a loose LFS speed spool. I don't know, man. That's really weird. Um, act funny with strand twelve pound. I don't know. I, it's something I'd have to see. Huh. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know the answer, but that's pretty interesting. Um, what do you think about the beetle spin? I own a dozen of them, and I fish them all winter long, and I have caught some giants on it. It's kind of a, a kind of a tough little bait. I'll fish it off the bottom and kind of drag and swim it. Not really drag it, but kind of lift and swim and lift and swim, and I'll catch a lot of fish. And still, same thing. I'm fishing along those 45 degree banks and those drops into the creek channel. So, and yes, it is a, cla a classic. Absolutely love it. Louisville, June thoughts. Do we have to end on this question? Green Dave, do we have to end on this question? <clears throat> so, BASS changed the dates of the Bassmasters Classic to June which is fine and dandy for the classic, but for the kayak bass fishing championship, which is going to be coincide with the bat, the, the bass masters classic. That's a, that's not good at all because Louisville in June is a party lake. It is the largest lake in the Dallas Fort worth area. And it is a party lake and it becomes crazy drunk boaters everywhere. I fished it in June in my big boat and I will never fish it again in june in springtime it's fine but in june i will never because it is just straight up dangerous can you imagine putting 140 kayakers on that lake on a saturday or on a even during the week really it's on a what wednesday thursday i think or tuesday wednesday i'm not going to be there not putting in my entry fee i qualified for it unless they change the lake i'm not going to be there that's my thoughts on it i don't want to die and I don't want to see anybody else get injured. That's a dumb decision if they decide to keep you guys on Louisville. Just my two cents. So anyway, guys, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. I love you guys. I appreciate you watching my videos. Look, look, uh, be looking forward or look, be on the lookout for more videos coming up in the next few weeks. A lot of these cleaning videos where I'm cleaning rods and reels and and you know just getting everything prepped because that's what I've been doing for five days. Just, uh, just be, you know, be ready to watch a bunch of that, a bunch of uh, organization videos, and then once I get down to Florida, big fish because they're they're pre-spawning down there. So look forward to videos of me catching catching giants, and I'm gonna talk about how to fish in Florida and how to fish grass and a bunch of other things. So I can't wait for you guys to see it. Well, like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing, introduce them to my channel, let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water. Go out and get, catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.